How does language make humans different? Today I'll be exploring how language makes us different from other living beings. Communication is not exclusive to humans. For example, even some of the most simple of living organisms have ways to communicate. Steven Anderson from Yale University thinks that even bacteria have ways of communicating. Various classes of bacteria have the ability to secrete distinctive organic molecules and use specific receptors to tell if there's another bacteria of the same species present. This is known as quorum sensing. Anderson describes, quote, Bacteria, it turns out, are like bullies who will not fight unless they are backed up by their gang. An attack by a small number of bacteria would only alert the host's immune system to knock them out. So bacteria try to stay under the radar until their numbers are high enough to fight the immune system. Unquote. Bacteria communicate their presence to one another in order to know if they are able to fight or not. While this may not be the most complex form of communication, it is still a way of conveying information from one living thing to another. Another species that is much simpler than humans but still has the ability to communicate is the honeybee. Cara von Fritsch, an Australian zoologist, realized that bees are able to communicate where pollen is located to the other bees in their hive using dances. The two dances they use to communicate where food is located are a circle dance and a tail wagging dance. Honeybees and their ability to communicate through dancing is a key example of how living things can use movement to correspond with each other. A little more similarity to humans in that they use sounds to communicate, many birds are also capable of passing information. Edward Vaha, a professor of Russian language and linguistics at Western Washington University, created a handout explaining that birds utilize two types of sound signals, calls and songs. Calls are a series of short notes that correspond to more basic instinctual ideas such as danger, nesting, and flocking. For instance, there are three flight calls and two danger calls that the English sparrow uses. Flight and danger are more primitive ideas, and the calls are meant to coordinate group activity in specific situations. They are also set in their meaning, cannot be altered to be given different contexts based on particular situations to produce variations of meaning. Songs, on the other hand, are most always used by males to attract mates or establish territory. Although they are longer than calls, they are still limited and cannot be recreated. Although many birds, like humans, use sound to communicate, it is only for very basic, instinctive ideas. An exception to this point I just made with the birds, however, was Alex the parrot, who was, by the end of his life, able to communicate with the intelligence of a five-year-old. He knew 150 words and the names of 50 objects. Alex was able to describe objects and their properties, as well as answer questions about them. He was also able to ask questions and understood the concepts of bigger, smaller, same, and different. He knew several numbers and also understood how to apologize if he bothered the scientists working with him. Alex is an example of, the, of a break in the pattern I previously mentioned of birds only communicating basic instinctual methods through non-linguistical methods, but rather, he had the capabilities to communicate complex thoughts with language. Going up the chain of complexity, there are of course the chimps, which are thought to have the closest proximity to humans in terms of their level of communication abilities. Just like Alex, a language phenom for his species, Kanzi, a bonobo chimpanzee, also has the ability to communicate at quite a high level. 
Kanzi was able to pick up language when he was young by working with the American psychologist Sue Savadrumba by using a keyboard that was labeled with geometric symbols. From there, he learned the meaning of many words such as tickle and bowl, and was even able to respond to commands that used words that weren't a part of his keyboard. Savadrumba has been able to work with several different chimps in this way of communication. Perhaps most remarkably, Savadrumba has been working with bonobo chimps to see if they are able to communicate verbally. One of the experiments she did involved placing Kanzi and his sister in two different rooms. Kanzi's sister was also taught um, the method of communication through the keyboard method. Kanzi and his sister could only hear each other, not see each other. Savadrumba then told Kanzi she was going to give him yogurt and asked him to tell his sister that in the opposite room. He made sounds and his sister responded back and then pressed her button for yogurt on her keyboard. This experiment is remarkable because with it and other ape language experiments, Savadrumba explains that, the myth- that, quote, the mythology of human uniqueness is coming under challenge. If apes can learn language, which we once thought unique to humans, then it suggests that ability is not just innate in us, unquote. This thought, however, is debated. For instance, Jeffrey Pullman, a language specialist at the University of California at Santa Cruz, stated that he does, quote, not believe that there has ever been any example anywhere of a non-human expressing an opinion or asking a question. Not ever. Unquote. Pullman elaborates, quote, it would be wonderful if animal co- animals could say things about the world as opposed to just signaling a direct emotional state or need, but they just don't, unquote. So now we finally arrive at the driving question of this podcast. How does our language make us different from other living beings? First off, the human language is extremely flexible. We have the ability to make basically an infinite amount of sentences through innumerable combinations of thousands of words. We can also make new words when we already have doesn't work. The physical span of our language in terms of sheer size is truly enormous. James R. Herford, a professor of general linguistics at the University of Edinburgh in Scotland, who has written several works on linguistics and the evolution of language, also supports the idea that our language is different from any other living beings. Herford argues that, quote, there is a difference between system of communication and human language, unquote. The first way he supports this argument is that, first off, quote, Human language is different from animal communication systems in at least two ways. Human languages contain tens of thousands of arbitrary learned symbols, mainly words. No other animal communication system involves learning all the symbols in each individual's lifetime, and certainly not in such vast numbers, unquote. The second way he supports his argument is that, quote, human language also has complex syntax. The meanings of our sentences are composed from the meanings of the parts, that is, words. This is obvious to us, but no other animal communication system, with honeybees as an exception, puts messages together in this way, unquote. So while other living beings may be able to communicate, they do not have the language capabilities that humans possess. Although animals may be capable of learning signs and symbols, or may be able to be trained to respond to certain commands using human language, they still do not possess the learning capabilities of humans. In conclusion, although virtually all living things are able to communicate, what separates humans' language from the way other living things communicate is the size of our language system in terms of symbols, such as words, the fact that we learn our system from a young age, and how we have been able to use our linguistic abilities to learn collectively. There's a reason that we're the one teaching chimps and parrots to communicate with us and not the other way around.
This has been Laura Holt on How Does Language Make Humans Different? Remember to tune in next week and have a great night.